Let's start. Let's start. Every once in a while, the David Feldman Show likes to reach out to our listeners and meet them and talk to them, find out what they like and what they don't like about the show. One of our longest listeners is Lane, who comes to us from Seaham, England. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the David Feldman Show, longtime listener Lane from Seaham, England. Hello, David, and hello, sports fans. Uh, <laughs> you might have trouble with my accent because um, it's not your typical universally acknowledged British accent. Yeah, where, um, now, so where is Seaham? It's, a, it's in a place called County Durham. County Durham. Which is yeah. in the northeast of England. Right. Which, uh, colloquially, and then the United Kingdom were referred to as Geordies. Spelled G E O R D I E S, and we're sort of very, um, we're very tribalistic and odd, and very dark humour because it's it's where we're a very neglected part of the country, basically. You're, you're very you're a neglected part of the country. Oh yes, right. And how is Seaham pronounced? Seaham. 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 Yes. Seaham. Are you near the sea? We are very close to the sea. I am approximately a mile and a half from the sea, and near a pig farm as well. So there's, there's, there's ham, and there is sea. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I see. see. Yeah, I do see. See. Uh-huh. And you're in in Great Britain, where I belong. I mean, that's where I should be living. How do you think I would uh-huh. go over if I moved to England? Would they accept me there? Oh, we accept everyone, like, contrary to, like, the Brexit sort of debate and mm-hmm. the whole, you know. But we accept everyone. It's just, um, once they're here, we hate them. I think it's because we hate ourselves. <laughs> so you're we're just, uh, we've lived so long with, a, like, a royal family sort of, like, deciding everything for us. Uh-huh. That we feel, I think, I think we feel like a precious bunch of, um, kids. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is our mummy. So when new children are born, i.e. immigrants come here and whatever, we're like, no, this is our country. We're like, like spoiled kids, basically. <laughs> um, we're not very grown up. We're not very mature. As a, we're old, but mm-hmm. we're not very mature, which is there's a difference. There's a difference what, what, what's going on over there? Because we always think of Great Britain as being rational and having some semblance of dignity when it comes to politics. You have a social safety net. You, what? I think you're thrown by the accent. We're uh, thrown by the <laughs> accent. Okay. Yeah, he's just thrown. He's like, there's, there's a sort of like, um, we're either knees up, cockney, Dick Van Dyke type. Nah. Now, do, you, do you have the cold in England that we have? I've, I've. We the, do get. We do get cold. No, no, the cold, like the, you know, the, like the, the head cold. Have you gotten that yes, yet? Yes, cold. I haven't got one. I don't get, I haven't had one for about five years. I see. Because I have a friend who has an Indonesian wife who says you must eat garlic and uh, chili and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the winter and it will keep it at bay. So that's what I do. I see. Uh, yeah. So I have no cold, thankfully, and, and uh, thankfully we haven't got one of those cartoony phones where you can pass things down the phone and I'm not getting it off you, which is very, very, 
It's very good, yes. I'm having a drink. Hold on. Now, how far is Seam from London? Time-wise, about seven hours by car, three and a half by train. See, Britain isn't very big. Britain's about the size of a state of America. So for us, it's it's a long way away, but it's not technically like. But uh, but our transport infrastructure infrastructure is rubbish anyway. So everything takes longer, even though we're very small. Well, let, let's go over Bo- Bojo, as you call him. Yeah, man. Is he going to yeah. last? Um, is England going to last? That's the thing. I think it's more at the moment. It's it's more of a question as to whether democracy is going to last. I think, um, well, the, the the big thing with the Tories, their big coup with the, the election they've just had, is that they won over this part of England, which they never have done, ever. Up here, the northeast of England is where we toiled, basically, to keep the empire going. So we, this town itself is built on three mines, which mm-hmm. only came about because we built a dock, a dry dock, which fed more mines inland. So the dock came first, then the mines came, and the whole whole of this town, its entire industry was based around the coal mines. So you were mostly labor, or tricked into yeah. voting for Tony Blair. Yeah, we loved labor. Literally, you could, no matter... In fact, we had labor's first prime minister. Ramsey MacDonald was our constituency MP. Ramsey McDonald from what was like the twenties or before the twenties? Thirties and he was replaced by Manny Shinwell, um a Jewish hero round here around these parts. Um Emmanuel Shinwell. He he sort of he sort of what it is Ramsey MacDonald went into coalition when he, he promised again he promised to do right by the miners. We went into a coalition with the Tories, and it all went to pot. So we all we kicked them out, basically. I see. So we. So before time, Labour, it was the Liberal Party. That that's who you would vote for, right? There was no real option because before then, the Labour Party was pretty much the birth of the working class getting an actual democracy. Who was Glad- like Gladstone? Gladstone would be the Liberal Party in the nineteenth century. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And Israeli would be like a Tory, right? Yes, yes. I see. And Dean Seam itself would have been a bunch of mines. Back then they were privately owned, so the the, the actual town was owned by a bloke called Lord Londonderry from uh, Ireland. But, uh, like I say, we've been red all this time. And in the 80s... Now, when you say red, that means conservative. No, up here in Britain, that means Labour, socialist. Okay, because in America, red yeah, means the way around. Republican. However, however, yeah. I believe if you go to 1976, it was the other way around. I believe uh-huh. that, I think it was John Chancellor from NBC News or somebody, I think it was NBC News, came up with the idea of red state, blue state. Hang on, it's David Bacon. So let's uh, let's say hello to him. But now, Mr. Bacon, hang on, David Bacon. It was Corey, so I, I had to just answer the phone and hang up right away. Is that David Bacon? 
Yes. Uh, we're on with our listener of the year, Lane, from Seam, England. He's a big fan of yours. Oh, oh cool. You're a legend. Wait, what's man? going on? Oh, thank you, man. You're, what's happening? You're, we're, we're doing our annual listener of the Listener of the Year. Oh. And, and Lane, is, Lane has been voted Listener of the Year. Oh, well, that's, that's fabulous. What do you, how do you get that uh, accolade? Uh, he sent uh, $2 million in unmarked bills. <laughs> I don't know. Lane, Lane is a friend of mine on Twitter, and I always oh, like, okay. I like his tweets. And nice. I said to him, you know, you should do the show. You're pretty funny. And unlike David awesome. Bacon, not a threat to me. Right, yeah, well, yet, sure. yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more you put people on, the more the threat they become, I guess. La uh, Lane, meet David Bacon. David Bacon, meet Hello. Lane. Hello, Make David, you you're, a you're a threat to the system. That's what I like. Oh, oh well, I mean, I, I hope so to some degree, um, but yes. I don't know, you know. I'm really not doing too much right now except seeing everyone and trying to put the tape out there. But. Lane, would you like to ask David Bacon a question? Um, when you interview when you're little people, when you when you're in your little when you're following people around these conventions, I never yeah. ever, I never ever attempted to punch anybody at these conventions. <laughs> <you can. laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, everyone is, I, I mean, for one, certainly not on the Democratic Party side, even though there's obviously some differences between the candidates and stuff. I mean, I think everyone, I think everyone is coming from a place that they at least think is good. Um, whether or not everyone else agrees with them is up to everyone else. But, you know, I think people, even though we may not, may not agree with them, they're coming from a good place. So well, I'll, I'm refine trying, that, I'll, ref I'll refine that. I'll refine that. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody whose convention you've been to so far like you think you could have? Did I think what? Fight? Like you could oh, build a fight. You know, to be honest with you, when I was in elementary school, I punched a kid on the school bus in the head. He I turned his head and I broke my finger. So that was the last punch I've thrown. So I'm, you know, um, maybe I could wrestle someone, but I'm not a good, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in a fight fight, you know, that's not my nature. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I know that Biden is the only one who talks about the violence and stuff about, isn't Biden the one who said he would like get in a fight with or something? Didn't he say he would like beat up Trump or something like that? Um, you know an amazing, amazing coincidence is out of all the people. In American politics, I've been observing Biden right. is the most one I'd like to kick in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he's like, he's 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 hang on, don't make me laugh, Lane. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't, I don't think he should be in the race. It's, he's, he's, he's past his prime. It's really too bad. And he's getting, he's garnering so much support too, which is just so crazy. There's, there's a lot better. Even if you're not a, even if you're not a Bernie supporter, even if you don't like the left part of the party, you yeah. know, there's other centrists who are way better than Biden. I mean, I, I just, I just saw Cory Booker twice. He's such a positive candidate. So he just puts you in a good mood. Um, Biden does not put you in a good mood when you see yeah, him. You know, you don't leave. You don't even, even the people, even these buttons around him on on stage and stuff, 
they all seem a bit like tense, even the people who are supporting them. And he's, well, he's got this for- thing. He comes across as Ronald Reagan when Reagan at the time was mental. <laughs> and he's, not, he's not even. You know, he's not even in office yet. But he comes across as that sort of like weird sort of what the. <laughs> but um, he just does my nothing. Is yeah. everything wrong with politics? Is fake? He's right. shiny teeth. Oh, everything. Oh. But then they were doing a. Um, rest, so I'm, I'm going just, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have some crazy stuff going on in your country too. Yeah, at, at the last yeah. Biden thing, I at the last Biden one I went to, um, there was like a. It was in a. Uh, it was in like a not a gym, but some kind of like athletic thing, and they had like they had they had the room divided into like thirds or whatever. So we were in like one third of the room, and then they had these like large tarps up, and I was and you could there was kind of cracks in the tarp, and I went to like peek to see what was going on over there, and it was all the like special people who get to meet. Biden and um, the other guy who was there, um, 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 uh, whatever, uh, the, the opening act guy. And it was like, I, I peeked in and saw, like, oh, they're all shaking hands. I don't know if they're contributors or whatever. And then, like, someone from the Biden staff, like, ran over and, like, closed the little curtain so I couldn't even, like, peek inside. And it was just like, oh, you're, you're so close. Like, there's the other side that we don't get to see. All the important people are getting to meet the candidate yes. stuff. But I can't even, like... Like, oh, you're going to close the screen, even though they're just right on the other side of the tarp. It was very, it was just, it was just so disappointing. But well, David Bacon, uh, let's have Lane ask you two more questions, and then you ask Lane some questions because Lane comes to us from England. So, Lane, uh, you have any more questions for Mr. Bacon? I think it'd be better, seeing as I asked the last one, be better if David asked me. David Bacon, we're talking to Lane. He's yep our listener of the decade. Oh, decade. I thought yeah. it was just a year. Wow. Well, he's getting more. better. As long as he doesn't make me laugh. Since I've been on the air, he's he's got nine nine years more. I mean, I guess you have been on the on the air not ten years, so it could be the whole decade. <laughs> but um, so, so what is your lane? So what is your what is your feeling about Brexit and all that stuff that's going on? Right. <laughs> oh, the, where do I start with Brexit? Yeah. I can tell you exactly why it's occurred. Right. Uh, I predicted it. I predicted Trump. Wow. I predicted all this stuff. You did? Um, you predicted Trump? Yeah, yeah. Hang on, David, can you stop breathing into the phone? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Stop breathing, David! No, <laughs> no, no, stop um, breathing. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I, I told Lane not to make me laugh. <laughs> Go ahead. What? You predicted Trump? Yeah. Because we got a, we had a political apathy build. Uh, I used Seam as an example. Seam, like I mentioned earlier, was all red, 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 red. The heart of the proper, what you'd call a Labour heartland. And, um, and when he says red, David, he means Labour. It's yeah, not, oh, we were very oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, we were very poor right. as a, as, a right. as an area. But even when the mines were here, the mines that spawned the town. Even when they were here, here we were still very poor. And during the right. miners' strike, I grew up uh, thinking my government hated us, basically, because Thatcher was like, oh, you, they're the enemy within. So you'd watch TV as a kid and see um, miners, like you, my dad was a miner, coal miner. You'd see miners right. on wow. the streets picketing, and the your own police beating them up, and then you'd see the press 
calling them and slagging them off. So from an early age, you felt very not part of your own country, hmm. right? Which is why I've sort of been all my life. I've sort of felt like for I felt it sounds like really cheesy, but I felt a kinship with like minor minorities and stuff because in the eighties, really, even though we were all white. And we were right. all whatever. We were a minority. <laughs> Our own country hated us. Was so your dad a coal miner? People. Is your dad a coal, was your dad a coal miner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon, okay. Gordon, call you me. Yeah. Everybody around here that the why they're working at the mine or where their jobs relied on or were associated with the mines. Right. That's the whole. That's what the whole town was built on. But what happened when Thatcher closed the mines? Um, there was no replacement, and Blair promised, promised. His whole thing was, we're going to sort your regions out. And what he did, this is the irony about Brexit, what he did, he parked the northeast of England, just parked it, because, oh, well, they'll always vote for Labour, so let's just leave them. And they pursued big business, and they pursued right. corporates, right. Went, went down the liberal route. And... Right. That's the third any way. That's what the Clintons did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But any any infrastructure we got to regenerate the area, ironically, was EU funded. It was all EU money. We had the most polluted beaches in the whole of the, the country. Wow. The most polluted. And the EU did a turning the tide program, which fought against our own government to improve standards. Now we've got, we regularly have, we've got wildlife here we've never had. Hmm. <laughs> All right, good. Um, any of the redevelopment on in the town itself has all been EU-backed, but it's not been enough. And as a result, even while Labour was in, new Labour at least, we, was, we were even more poor. And we've had high crime. The suicide rate in this area is immense. Right. Drugs came in, everything, because that's what happened. We were totally cut off. Do you have an uh, opiate addiction? Is there an opiate addiction the way we have it here in the States? No, not not the... Med- it's antidepressants, more than anything. Antidepressants, uh, yeah. Yeah. Opiates, like I take opiates because I've got problems with me, me hips. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that isn't a... It's not a massive problem. In Britain, it's Ill- it's illegal drugs mainly, and the soil there's very little um, care for mental health issues. That a lot of people are hooked on antidepressants, right. and it screws them up. But like, what happened with, like I say, what happened with Blair was he parked us and neglected us. So, <clears throat> what do you say, park? He parked us? Parked. P a r k e d. Park? Yeah, like parking a car. He parked the area. And instead of focusing on us like he promised and saying, well, we'll, we'll bring you back into the fray and we'll regenerate the area, he just parked us on EU money. Hmm. And it wasn't enough. So when it came to Brexit, it was up here, it was more of a, nobody knew a thing about the EU. Not a thing. Right. Even those who supported it. Right. And it became... I'd, I'd say this across the whole of Britain. We, we were ill, ill-advised on how the EU operates. We, we really didn't care about it that much. We were always any Audi, any Audi. We weren't ever a fully committed whatever. So it wasn't that important. 
But what became important was teaching Westminster a lesson. Was which was teaching right. government a lesson. And Westminster so would be the Westminster is where the Parliament is. Yeah. Okay. That's like just saying like Washington, basically. We say Westminster. Right. Um, so what happened was all the all the resentment that we we had apathy. We went through apathy in the nineties, and in the noughties we got resentment because we we turned against politicians. There was there was so many scandals, expensive scandals, and they all added up and things like that. And what happened was you had the likes of Tony Blair, who actually lived. His constituency was about twenty minutes from where I live. Hmm. Wow. That's his, but he did not give one jot about the northeast. And with the Iraq War, you found a lot of the people in this area because they were all poor. A lot of the the only option for a lot of the kids was to join the armed forces. Right. So we had the same thing here. They went into an yeah. They went into an illegal war, which fueled the apathy even more. And then we had Nigel Farage. Right. Do the usual trick of when everyone's pissed off, blame the immigrants. UKIP. Yeah. UKIP were like... To me, UKIP have always been a Conservative Party outlier. Because what they do... They've got exactly the same policies, really. The Conservatives have, over the last 20-odd year, they've learned how to hide their... They're very racist. And they've learned how to hide it. And dance right. around it and... Um, so that's when, prime example, I'll, I'll put it like this. Jeremy Corbyn is what we always wanted, but he was right. too late. If we had him when Blair quit, he'd right. be in power now. He'd still be in power. Right. But it was too, all of his policies, everybody agrees with his policies, but the press, even his own party, have gone from arsehole to beak in just destroying him, and that's... <laughs> Asshole to beak. That's cool. <laughs> Asshole to beak is a good one. It's depressing, but that's it's just now. Tony Tony Blair was Labour, right? Yeah, new Labour, new Labour. But so, and then Gort was it Brown who replaced him? Yeah, Brown was his second in command. The major there was a guy called John Smith in the early nineties who was the leader, and he died of a heart attack, and he was the last great hope for. More socialist sort of like Labour because, but Corbyn, Corbyn really, Corbyn is the same party, comes from the same party as Tony Blair. Sort of. So it's Corbyn pretty remarkable the, the transformation that Labor. I'll put it like this: Corbyn, Corbyn opposed Tony Blair the new Labour policies more than the Tories. Even though he was a Labour backbencher, because right. New Labour, New Labour got rid of the poor. Basically, they, they went, "Oh, sod that lot." We're sick of. It was all about power, and it was all about winning. So, what happens to Labour now? Does Labour move more to the centre since Corbyn lost, or they move even since further Corbyn to the left? His retirement, the uh, the viciousness of the centre, the supposed moderates, uh, is unreal, and. Um, that's why the, the whole anti-Semitism smears and all this stuff, it's like, it actually went down under Corbyn statistically. Like, there's actual, you can see the numbers, there are numbers there. It went down under Corbyn. Corbyn felt, all of his life, Corbyn has fought racism. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and what they did is just went well. If we can target him and target his character, and he, he hasn't got much of a character, it has to be said. It's like he's not—he's not the most like he's, he's funny in a sort of dark humor way, but he's not what you'd call a—he's not a Biden. So you're saying a- anti-Semitic uh, attacks in, in Great Britain have have gone down, or you're saying anti-Semitism in the Labour Party? In the Labour Party, anti-Semitism attacks have gone up. Yeah, but they're not from the left; they're from the right. Right, um, right, and there's a laziness. There's like there's people who believe the the, the, the stupid like David Ike type conspiracies and all that stuff. Who so he thinks like Jews are lizards and all that bullshit. Yeah, but um, so you get a, you get that across the whole section of the country because that's just that's so just people who for the internet. Yeah, and same where you're from, traditionally yeah. red meaning labor. Yeah. When it came to the last election, they voted for Bojo over Corbyn? No. Luckily, no. We still remained red, but it was a fight. It's the first time we've ever had to literally fight for Labour in this town, whereas similar areas in the northeast, um, Labour strongholds like Blythe Valley and places like that, went to the Tories. It's what interesting. Have- it's very interesting, and it's a, it's happening... In America, it happens any time that there's uh, unrest. There's false populism, faux populism. Boris Johnson, like Trump, can appeal to ex-union members, people who don't have a union to join anymore, people who have seen the mines disappear by relying on the politics of resentment. That People like Trump... There's, there's, there's part of that, but I think what you find, um, it's been a very simple existential battle between hope and despair. The people who've around here who've, we have been, as a region, we've been neglected for decades. Even so, we so instead of blaming... Instead of blaming, the, it's, it's far easier to kick out and punch out the people around you than it is to punch up. Right. And exactly. Because well said. In this well region, said. we we we're out of the way. We're literally in the the corner. We're forgotten about. If ever there's sort of like from from the government, if there's ever like an initiative to help the north, it ends in Manchester, which is as far as we're concerned, south. <laughs> you know, it's like the northeast is a weird place, and it's very when he when he is Scotland, and we we sort of resent them for having the opportunity. To become an independent country because right. we want that as well. Yeah. We're like it's just a weird, it's a weird situation. It, it's, but it's like before you'll come back, right, Lane? This was good. This was very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're going to be our London correspondent or our seam <laughs> correspondent. We already have a uh, London correspondent, but I, I'm going to call on you. I'm sorry. I can speak a number of accents if it makes it easier. No, just this is very convincing. <laughs> Nobody knows you're calling from. A basement in uh, <laughs> I do. Uh, no, it's interesting. Do you have a sense of despair the way we in the United States have? I mean, there's a story in the yeah. New York Times today. This country's suffering from depression. It's a mass right. depression. Yeah. Even the winners. Even what? those who think of the one, the, the Brexiters and, and the right, they're all miserable. I think the people... Well, they're miserable anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
So what's and, going on in, in Great Britain? Are, is there this group depression or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I think there is. And it's kind of man-made. It's it's weird. I think what I think what's happened, and I think Chomsky made a point about this a few years ago, where he he said and he embraced the fact that the internet is going to totally democratize everything. But with that, there's, there's obviously going to be a fluctuation where people are just going to believe any old crap that's out there. So I think we're, I think we're going to have to go through all this. To end up going like, I think we're going to go through all this now, and there's going to be a stage where we're going to like, yeah, we can we can spot what the bull is. So hopefully, yeah. it doesn't get to the stage where it's violent and stuff. I don't think it will. I think I think because of the internet as well, oddly, we're more passive, we're vocally more violent, and we'll we'll vote in stupid ways. But when I was a kid growing up, there was violence on the streets everywhere, in your locality there was there was violence. We had the poll tax riots in London. We had there were riots. There's never, there's never, there hasn't been a riot in my in the last twenty odd year. Yeah. But when I was a kid in Britain, that's all you saw, right? So we're not we're sort of violent in thought, right? Yeah, not, yeah. Some of that violence violent. must come out on the internet now, like you're saying, instead yeah. of yeah. actual physical violence. Yeah, people can can voice their views and get that out and not have to actually punch people. I guess. Well, yeah, I, th- I think what's going to happen is people are going to become less. Reliant on social media, less dependent on it, and use it as just literally to have a laugh and a carry on again, like I was before. And um, because we know everyone, like you've got people on the right and on the left wary of bots. So I don't think I, so. The social media, Chomsky nailed it. He was like, it's, it's going to go mad, and then ultimately, I think the internet's an amazing thing for democracy yeah. because. You, you can find out things you need to find out. Yeah. I've been, my, I'll, this sounds like, I've been using my brother as an example. My brother isn't very political. And he's very anti immigrant, anti this, that, the other. And I've always asked him, why? And he says, oh, because they, it says this there. And he said, it's always been related to what someone said on social media. Or, mm-hmm. Right. And then you say, yeah, but that's becoming. That's coming out of this because the newspapers are saying this, that, and the other. And so you'll say, oh, well, I don't read the newspapers. Like, no, but you don't need to read the newspaper. You're reading the opinions of someone who might have read the newspaper and said this, that, and the other. Because in Britain, our our press, the U.S. press might be bad. Ours is vile. Yeah. British media is a vile cesspit of humanity. Even the Guardian. The, you, I'll, I, I sometimes shout at the, the show, actually. That's what I'm shouting, David, when um, you just quote things like the, the Guardian has been. A, oh, my God, I've got to... <laughs> yeah. They're not. They're as corporate as anything else. But they're not a corporate. They're a corporation, but there's a trust fund. I mean, they're, they're not a for-profit newspaper. They were set up... Well, the Guardian. Yeah. If you have yeah. adverts in your newspaper, you're yeah. a corporate entity. Yes, <laughs> If that's you advertise on behalf of multinationals... You're a corporate entity. It's a corporate entity. The BBC is. This whole thing about the the BBC is being destroyed by the Tories. It's not trusted. Yeah. Hey, Lane, we have to wrap it up. This was great. You you you're no longer a listener. You're now a correspondent. You got bumped up. And and I and I and it's good that, oh, that stroke. It, 
Good. And it's good that Bacon is on the line because this way it keeps him in line. He realizes yes. that I can replace David Bacon in a second with well, Lane. I, I, I made you David Bacon and I can break you. Uh, you, you love to say it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, can well, I just we, finish we, my point about the BBC and that's it? Yeah. And then I, and then I had a question because, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Their entire current affairs team are Tories. And this isn't like a, it's not a conspiracy. They're actually, they were former, um, Nick Robinson, who's the, one of the chief political editors. He was former head of the Young Conservatives. Andrew Neil, obviously, who's the, our pit bull, as you were, on the BBC. He's Rupert Murdoch's former pit bull in Britain. He was the one who destroyed the unions and the, and the press offices and stuff. And he's apparently the go-to guy to be, Impartial on the BBC, and he's not. He's a Tory. He's a flat-out Tory. Hmm. Um, Laura Kusenberg, flat-out Tory. There was actually rumours she was even boffing Boris Johnson. Um, and the the head of current affairs in the BBC, a guy called Robbie Gibb, was working for the Tories, jumped over to the BBC, and then went back to number 10. So he's currently working for the Tories on, a, on an official capacity. Number 10 is Downing Street. Downing Street. Yeah. yeah. That's how so, they say people in our politics. They're in politics, then they go to a corporation, then they go back to politics, they go back and forth. For, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Bill Shine, the guy who ran Fox. Well, they've still, still somehow managed to convince the right wing in this country that the BBC is a lefty liberal organization. It's beyond, It's far from it. Um, it's just it's just weird. But actually, I've got a, I've got a problem with a lot of people who think that they're also right wing. They're not. Uh, the majority of people who think they are right wing in this country literally don't know the political left from the political right. They might be racist, and they might be bigoted, and they might be prejudiced, but they love the welfare state. They love the NHS. They fight to the death of the NHS. They love free schools. So every every time I get a so-called proud, patriotic British, well, I'm a right-wing of me, you lefties are all whatever, I'll, I'll go, all right, then when are you going to pay the money back for the NHS? Right. That's your oh, that's your universal health insurance program, yeah. NHS. Yeah. Also, I'll say, you must be really pissed off having your kid getting free education if you're such a right-winger. When are you paying the money back? When are you going to put them into a – when are you going to pay for their education? Well, I don't have to because that's this. So, well, yes, exactly. They don't say these things. The 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 the, the welfare state was a totally left wing idea. That's why after the war we booted Churchill out on his ass. Clement Attlee. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Well, your war is over now. Goodbye. Get out." And we kicked him out. And because before that, he was a racist old fart. You know what I mean? He was a He'd hated the poor. Yeah, he, he he formed. He had a riot against unionised workers in Glasgow. He organised soldiers to go up there, and it's like he's not. He wasn't a nice man, but he was. He's deemed as like the hero for basically getting drunk and making good speeches during the war. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a speaker. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a nasty man, no? Yeah. But like I said, there's, there's a weird thing about the right wing. People don't know they're being conned by actual right wingers up here. You go, oh, I'm, I'm not a lefty, I'm right wing, mate. You don't even know what it is because you, 
you and your life is sustained by left wing policy. Right. They're all they're all up here in the northeast, especially like I mentioned before, they're all on antidepressants. All we no NHS here. The no poor. The no what? I'm people. sorry, I didn't understand what you said. See, if we if we had no NHS here, we'd have no poor people. Oh, they'd all be dead. Yes, and that's oh, partly. When I, whenever I, I I get a bit twitchy when I hear right wing politicians saying we want to eradicate poverty. Mm-hmm. Like if a right wing person is saying we want to eradicate poverty, it means we want to eradicate the poor. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's there. That's where we're okay. No problem anymore. They aren't there. Right. And we've just voted for them. <laughs> we've just voted them in again. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just it's, we're too easily conned because for so long I think it's because we've we've had a monarchy, and a monarchy makes you comfortable and lazy. We've never had a proper revolution in this country. We never will, hopefully, because it's violence and I abhor violence. But there needs to be a, there needs to be a cultural revolution, I think. Mm-hmm. And from what I gather, with Prince Charles and that, them, they might be drifting off as an entity anyway. Yeah, he's, he's going to limit the. He's going to limit the amount of money the, the royals get and all that stuff. So he's, he's slowly winding down the monarchy. And I think by the time it gets to Harry, sorry, not Harry, um, Archie. William, <laughs> Archie Bunker. By the time it gets to William, I think uh, they'll literally just be a, a sideshow of toffs. They're not going to be a. Nah, it's resilient. It may be more necessary than, than you think. You know, the, mm, not if we need not if we need to grow up and adopt. That's why we're, we're not very good at democracy. We're really not very good at it. You're better at it than well. Anyway, we we do have to wrap it up. Uh, I've got Citizen Bacon. I have to talk about his assignment. He's going off yes. to Canada as our chief foreign affairs correspondent, and he's going to try to find the one Canadian who would prefer the American healthcare system over the Canadian. If I were to send David Bacon to Great Britain and ask him to find Brits who would prefer the American system over the NHS, would we find any? Yes. Really? No. Even X, even X working classes. There's a very big poly, polar, um, hold the ladder up type of fraternity. We, there's a number of people who don't realise they're in the top five percent because they're not they're not getting on. <laughs> they're, they're earning top five percent wages in Britain. The top five percent is eighty thousand pounds plus, and they would prefer the American healthcare system. Yes, because they resent. Having they can buy. Tax. They can buy into a better one. Yeah, because our, our, our healthcare system yeah. is so tiered. I would think <clears throat> they resent. They can do a lot. If you have a lot of money here, yeah, you get you you can get great health insurance, but you have to have a ton of money. So the people who have a ton of money would probably want it, but the majority of people probably would not. But you're saying they, they just don't want other people to have what they have. Yes, right. that's what's happening in Britain. It never used to be like that, but it's, that's where it's gone. And so, in other find, words, I have something nice, but if everybody else has it, then it's not special. Yeah, and that's an actual pheno- that's an actual phenomenon, right? Yes, because what we've had for, I'd say, about 30 years 
uh, is the NHS has been purposely driven into the rocks. If you, if you speak to the medical profession, I was in, I was ill in 2014, really bad in hospital, really bad. I died for a bit even. I was that bad. Wow. I had, uh, I had pneumonia. Pneumonia. Anyway, um, the, being the lefty that I am, when I was in recovery and in, in ICU and stuff, I got to, I got talking to the doctors and the nurses about what the, they thought was happening to the place and what was going on with the NHS. And they were all the same. They, they were, this is in 2014. They were saying we were being driven into the rocks purposefully. What happened was in, when the, when the NHS was invented, it was a service. So it was run like the military. So it was, it was hierarchical and you got promotion, promotions on merit and your abilities and stuff like that. What happened uh, under Thatcher, the, the, they made it into a business and what they did is they chopped it up into what's called trusts. So in the, in the, in the UK, you've got a number of NHS trusts, which look after certain regions. Mm-hmm. And all that was really was like a franchise. So the, the, the being slowly edging business practice into a service. And when you do that, things like cost for this, that and the other become important. And then they are, increasingly they're becoming more important because the NHS, it, the fact that it's there is amazing, but it's run abhorrently. Hmm. But it's done so purposefully because what they did, they employed managers to look after managers, to look after managers, to look after doctors. Interesting. And the doctors are the experts. <laughs> the doctors know what they want. The doctors know what they need. They know how to run the thing and that, like I say, when the when the NHS first came about, and it was at its busiest, it was run perfectly. But it's been purposely. I keep sharing again, Chomsky. I keep sharing this thing that a lot of people share it now on, on online. Um, the standard technique of privatisation is to um, defund, make people angry, then hand it over to private capital. And that's what they've been trying to do with the NHS for ages. Right. It's also partly why. Say I that think, again, so people understand. I say that clearly, so that resonates. Uh, the standard technique of privatization is to defund the service, make people angry at it, and then hand it over to private capital to sort of save the day. Right. And that's right. what's happened here. Right. Right. So, among the people, the people who need the NHS. People all, there's a thing. People say, oh, you'll miss it when it's gone and all that stuff, which is right. But to people who, you always hear people saying, Ian, I've never, I've never been in a hospital all my life. Why am I paying for this? And until they need it, once they've used the NHS, they get it. It's the most miraculous thing in the world. And they become converts. I've always been pro NHS, but until 2014, I'd never really used it. Right. I'd never broken anything, never fell off anything. Never snapped anything, but I, I took ill, and they looked after us basically. So, um, okay, before you go, been, uh, before you go, yeah, uh, I just want to treat you as a listener. Uh, you you got ill with what? Pneumonia. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> and uh, how long were you My in the hospital? Sound. How long were you in the hospital for? 
I was in well, I was in a coma for a week. <laughs> and and then what I happened? Was in recovery. And, and recovery for about six weeks. You said the coma was really bad. What 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 were you technically you said you were technically what? I died. For three minutes. Yes, three of those places. Yeah, I died for three minutes. It was actually brilliant. Um, because I got to fuck with people's heads. Because obviously when you when you come out of the coma, people say, Oh, what it was what was it like? And I can remember Jack shit. But what I said oh, wow. was I said I, I met uh, Robin Williams and I met I said I met Robin Williams and I met Rick Mail, who was a British comedian, and some people actually believed us. Right. <laughs> so I've been having fun with people with that. But uh, well, speaking yeah. of comas, I have to get Liam McEnany on yeah. the line to do <laughs> listener mail. Uh, yes. Lane, how do people follow you on Twitter? Because you have a great Twitter feed. I'm on. It's, it's Lane Toma instead of Thomas because it couldn't fit all the characters in there. Lane Toma Hewitt H E W I W T. Yeah, and that's Tama, T-H-O-M-A. Lane, yeah. T-H-O-M-A, Hewitt on Twitter. You're great. Yeah. You're our listener of the millennium. And can, I be a, can, I, can I be a bit of a whore? Sure. Um, yeah, well, I used to be in a band, and I really, I really, really loved my music. Mm-hmm. And we quit about 10 years ago, but it's still up there. If you go on Lane Thomas Hewitt, on SoundCloud, just all one word, Lane Thomas Hewitt. You're going to have a listen to my band, The Spheres. We're like a funk. What's the name of your band? The Spheres. The Spheres? Yes, as in the music of The Spheres. Okay. All right. Very good, Lane. Thank you so much. And David Bacon, you stay on the line and let me get off with uh, Lane. And, yeah. Hey, the, the one thing with uh, with that the economy is bad in, uh, in 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 the UK is there should be a lot of great music that comes out of that. That's the one. Uh, that's the one plus. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm waiting for. I'm riding it out so, we, of, so the art gets better. Yeah, you know, if, art, right, exactly. yeah. if it weren't for the economy, we never would have had the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> so we wouldn't have the Sex Pistols. Please, who? I don't know who you're talking the about. The Sex or Ian Curtis's band. I don't know who you're talking about. The Bay City yeah, Rollers. That, that, that came out of the strife. The Joy, Joy Division. He's, he's in about Joy Division. Yeah, Joy Division. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh, Lane. Uh, okay. Lane, I'm going to thank you. Lane Hewitt, I'm going to hang up on Lane. Thank you, Lane. Love you, man. See you Love you, too. I'll talk to you in a week or two. Bye, Lane. Thank nice you. to talk to you. Great job. Great job. Thank Cheers, you. Good. Love you. Bye.